This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to episode 57 of the Animaniacast. And welcome once again to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast that's dedicated to the animated series, Animaniacs. Here we explore the series episode by episode, discussing all the cultural references and gags that we can find. And in the end, we give each episode a Water Tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me, as always, is my brother Nathan. Ain't it the truth? Ain't it the truth? And over in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hello. Hello, everyone. Well, today we are, I guess we're, I don't really know what the theme of today's one would be. I guess sort of patriotic-ish, maybe. I don't know. It's not really a standard theme, so I'll just say. No, I, I got the theme. Okay, what's the theme? It's um, how Rube Goldbergian. How Rube Goldbergian. A very Rube Goldbergian episode. Yes, I'll say that. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, what do you guys think of today's episode? In a in a few words, uh, Nathan, what do you? We said Rube, um, Kelly said Rube Goldbergian, and I can't even say it myself. But what do you think about today's episode? <laughs> yeah, like a Rube Goldberg machine, it went all over the place. I guess. Uh... <laughs> well said. Okay. Well, today we are going to be discussing the segments. Of course, you know this means Warner's. Up a tree and wacko's gizmo, and uh, Nathan, tell yes. us, tell us when, when did this episode first premiere? This premiered on Friday, I think last Friday. No wait, <laughs> no wait. Sorry, no uh, February eighteenth of nineteen ninety four. I was way off. <laughs> uh, so that was the release date of uh, Deadly Ground and Reality Bites. Movie day! Woo! Deadly Ground, I don't remember, but I am no. somewhat familiar with Reality Bites, I think. Is that what the one yeah. with Winona Ryder? I yeah. think well, so. And Ben Stiller and a bunch of other people like that. Yeah, that was like the Gen... I remember that coming out and people were like, it's like for the Gen X crowd or something, because they were all like in their 20s at the time or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, there we go. I don't know about the Undeadly yeah. Ground, though. I, it, it's like one of those, I don't know. Is that like a Van Damme movie? I, I don't know. That just sounds like. <laughs> well, it's, I, it's a movie. It was. It did well, apparently, that weekend. But Well, good for Undeadly Ground. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and uh, let's get straight into our, our episode discussion here. Because we have, uh, we, have some, we have some interesting ones to get through. Let's. Uh, oh, the set. 
the sad thing is when you said Van Damme, I was like, no, that sounds like Steven Seagal, and it was Steven Seagal and Deadly Ground. I was uh, like, I knew I knew that movie. My dad's the biggest Steven Seagal fan. <laughs> Sorry. I, just, I had to look it up. I'm glad we cleared that up because as soon as we, you know, push publish, I get, you know, immediate, uh, you know, <laughs> people telling me immediately what it really was, and I feel stupid. So I'm glad we get that out of the way right now so we don't have yes, to worry about we, it. We learned something. <laughs> Well, let's go ahead and get to our discussion of the first segment, which is called, Of Course You Know, This Means Warners. And Of Course You Know, This Means Warners was written by Tom Minton, and it was directed by Leonard Robinson and Dave Marshall. And, well, basically, this is a, like a World War II propaganda film starring the Warner Brothers and the Warner Sister. Um, it starts off with kind of like a historical uh, reference guide for the kids that are watching at home saying, hey, this is, we're going back in time right now. This is World War II. Um, famous stars of the day uh, would, like Jimmy Stewart and Ronald Reagan, would go out and they'd promote the war effort to make sure that people were supporting it, including the Warner Brothers. And here is one of their cartoons. And the cartoon from 1942, I believe it was supposed to be from, is called Warner's Take the Home Front and is directed by the fictional Colonel, Colonel Flute, Flute Tipton. There you go. I don't know. But in this, uh, in this World War II uh, cartoon, I should say, uh, the Warner Brothers are starting their own victory garden. Here we have a typical American home, manned by Yakko, Wacko, and Dot, three typical Americans. Maybe not so typical. With a wartime shortage of fresh produce, many Americans are growing backyard victory gardens. Uh, and then they go and they uh, help uh, recycle uh, materials by basically tearing down the entire city. Why, look, our patriotic three have gone the extra mile. Tell us, where did you find so much scrap metal? Just lying around in the background. Uh, and then they go to save on gas. So they make kind of an invisible bicycle for three, and they ride throughout the town. Uh, Wacko does a quick little uh, horn thing, like Harpo. Now that's saving gas for Uncle Sam. They save rubber. They go and the uh, wacko pops out of a sewer grate and steals uh, rubber off of a moving vehicle. Which, did you guys notice another clue that the Warners are actually dogs right there at that point? <laughs> because the, yeah. the narrator says... Wacko Warner uses canine instincts to guide his tireless quest for rubber. I'm very tired. And I'm going, okay, they're dogs now, right? Are we all <laughs> Can we all can we all just say that the Warner brothers are the and the sister are dogs? Because this is getting kind of ridiculous. I've not seen one thing saying they're cats at this point or anything like that. So whatever. Or elephants. Yeah, or elephants or bugs or penguins or whatever. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, there's also, uh, you know, at the towards the end, they recycle nylon, so they have to get all the women to line up with all their pantyhose, and so they donate all the nylon stockings they have. Uncle Sam is grateful, girls. And so are we. Boys. Um, and then they tap dance. They tap dance to uh, in front of a kind of a USO show for all the, the people that are, the soldiers that are there. And wrap it up with doing an, uh, let's see, an air raid warden uh, thing at the very end, telling people to turn off their lights uh, and uh, tell people to buy bonds. Boy, they jammed a lot of stuff all in this World War II uh, thing, mm-hmm. kind of paying a reference to many of uh, the classic uh, World War II cartoons produced by Warner Brothers and Disney and MGM, um, you know, back in the 1940s. Uh, so that's pretty much it. I mean, there were other things going on in the background. I mean, Jackie Gleason was there, um, kind of like in line with to recycle his, um, I think it was his bowling trophy or something like that. Um, and Nathan, you mentioned Ain't It the Truth when they yeah. when they got their medal. So uh, J. Edgar Hoover, who picked up all those stockings, which is quite appropriate because he he reportedly had a uh, a fetish of some sort with uh, with you know wearing women's clothing and women's stockings so mm-hmm. it very very appropriate that Jay Hoover was first in line to pick up everyone's stockings <laughs> that was funny <laughs> but he gives them a, a, a medal and it looks very similar to the medal that the cowardly lion got in um, the Wizard of Oz <laughs> Read what my medal says. Courage. Ain't it the truth? Ain't it the truth? Oh, oh, they're all wonderful. Pretty much it when it comes to references to stuff. But boy, oh boy, there was a lot of stuff. What did you guys uh, particularly like about this episode? Any moments that you thought were uh, particularly funny? I, well, I don't know about funny necessarily. (laughs) I mean, overall, it was, I mean, just in general, it was funny. But um, I thought the dance routine was really incredible for animation mm -hmm. and um i thought it was it was really intricate and uh, must not have been easy to do and then when she uh when dot brought out the um what is it jitterbug Jitterbug. they played the um music for shoe fly don't bother me oh and i remember that i recognize it because we used to sing it in music class in school and um they also played it at the beginning of the Rita and Runt episode when there's a fly buzzing around. I noticed another song reference too when they're doing their victory garden and they talked about don't waste water. So he wacko presses the button and the whole garden comes up and rings it dry. Uh, you can hear uh, the song How Dry I Am, which I only know that song because that's what Warner Brothers characters would sing when they're drunk. <laughs> so... <laughs> I heard the How Dry I Am song when they were drying out the garden, um, which, by the way, that garden reminded me of a lot of one World War II cartoon. Uh, it's by MGM, and it uh, starred Barney Bear. And I think it's just called Barney Bear's Victory Garden, uh, which is – it was just about setting up a victory garden, uh, which eh, might have been a, might have been a you know reference right there. Um, Nathan, what about you? Um, it – I liked how it reminded me of like a goofy cartoon. It was kind of like narrator, like describing what's going on, kind of 
Uh, and what is this? What do you call your invention? Oh, this is a Rube Goldberg device. And who's that? Oh, he's Rube Goldberg. Not really a Rube Goldberg machine at all, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, a guy named Rube Goldberg was in that outhouse doing his thing. Yeah, I guess so. So it worked out. Um, I, I liked the very end line of buy bonds, everybody. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't know. It's reminded me like Bon Voyage or something. You know, <laughs> but saying buy, buy bonds. Oh, you know, uh, okay. It was, so it, was pos- a, it was a cute little pun. <laughs> now, have, do either one of you have any... Um, uh, familiarity with World War II propaganda cartoons at all? I think I've seen the Donald Duck one. Is that yeah, Donald had one? Right? Yeah, he had a few where he'd he mm-hmm. would join the army and Pete was the sergeant and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I have a whole Disney Disney Treasures did this whole DVD set a while ago where you know they put out the complete Donald collection and the complete Mickey and all that stuff. And one of the DVD sets was uh, Disney on the home front or something like that. And it was a collection of all the Disney World War II propaganda cartoons. And I watched them all. And they're, they're really interesting just as a case study, just to see like how Disney and Warner Brothers really shut down production of all of their other cartoons and said, we're just going to support the war by making these cartoons to show in the theaters, but also to... Some of them were just made for the 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 people overseas, you know, or the people who are yeah. in training, just to show them the proper way to, you know, stay healthy, or you know the, the you know, gosh, there's there's so many of them. Some of them are you know fantastic, and they actually really stand up really well. And about half of them don't stand up at well at all because they're filled with lots of racist caricatures of Japanese and. Uh, the, the way that they, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, they could, they can make fun of Hitler all they want. I don't care about him, but, <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> but, but the Japanese in particular, they, they were really ruthless when it came to, uh, the, the really racist stereotypes. When we look at it in today's lens, you know, we go, Ooh, that's, that doesn't look right. But back at the, back in the day, boy, oh boy, did people love those anyway. <laughs> Um, but it, it did, I did appreciate how it reminded me of those cartoons. It was just interesting. I like history. So I'm glad to see it a little bit in this. Well, bye bonds, everybody. Let's go ahead and move on to our second segment, which is called Up a Tree. Up a Tree was written by Deanna Oliver, and it was directed by Greg Reyna. Nathan, what can you tell us about mm. Up a <laughs> What can you tell us about Up a Tree? So Rita and Runt are off to Chicago, but uh, trouble happens when Runt finds a fly and chases after it, and uh, they end up in Nebraska somehow. So uh, <laughs> uh, Rita gets chased up a tree by a dog. Runt goes chasing after the fly the whole episode. Rita can't get down. She suffers from high anxiety. (laughs) And uh, some birds make fun of her. And eventually she's brave enough to just jump down. And she, her friend that she made in the tree also jumps down and attacks the dog for her that chased her up in the tree in the first place. She finds Runt, but Runt has a fly in in his mouth and scares her. 
So uh, I guess that's the end of the cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you, there you go. It's a, it's a reasonably okay Rita and Runt cartoon. Not much to it, I suppose. Um, mm. In fact, there's not really any references to other stuff. Well, I mean, there's the sparrows that were in it that were making fun of her. And I guess you could – first of all, they're from West Side Pigeons. You know, they came yeah. back. They looked a little weird, I think, just because a different animation company was animating these ones. Um, which I guess maybe that's a reference to the birds and Dumbo, kind of? I thought so, too. Yeah. The yeah, the crows. So maybe, you know, it, it was reminiscent, at least, right? And then at the yeah. end, the, the fly is going, help me! And, uh, you know... I, I've just grown up hearing flies say that in cartoons and everything to the point where I'm like, that's just what flies say. But no, that's a that goes back to the original 1950s movie, The Fly. I just know the Simpsons version of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, again, it's a, it's just one of those things. It's just cotton pop culture that everyone goes, oh, yeah, the fly gets goes, help me. And, yeah, that was in there. Um, but that's, I mean, pretty much it. I mean, Kelly, what did you what do you think? I, I thought I could totally identify with Rita because I'm scared of heights, too. <laughs> Giddy, tiddly, I'm hyperventilating, whirling. Nathan, what about you? Um, I enjoyed the corn song a lot. Michigan Avenue, Frank Lloyd Wright, Wrigley Field, and dancing all night. Oprah Winfrey, Lake Michigan, Muddy Water Blues, and Michael Jordan. But it ain't got what we got, corn. Both songs are pretty good, but yeah, I like to have uh, Runt got to do his own little solo little part. Corn. <laughs> corn. <laughs> <laughs> have, have either one of you driven through Nebraska at all to see all the corn? No. If I did, I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, this cartoon, I mean, it, it was okay. I, it was just, it was okay. I, I really don't know what to say yeah. about this. I mean, I like the the dog. I like the 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 interaction with Runt and that dog, just saying, "Hey, what do yeah. you want to do?" Oh, just barking at this uh, this cat up the tree. <laughs> so I like that dog's voice. I think Jim Cummings, I think, did the voice of that that dog, that German Shepherd. I guess it was. Run, 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 run. What you got up the tree, huh? A cat. Oh, a cat. A cat. Where's a cat? I'll mash him. I'll trash him. I'll squash him. I'll munch him. Where? Up the tree, you kook. Oh. Say, mind if I sniff you now? No, no sniffing. Definitely no sniffing. I like how you, Nathan. By the way, you pointed out high anxiety. That is a <laughs> <laughs> that is a, a good reference and and much better than this uh, cartoon. Hey, this cartoon is just fine. But if you really want to see something funny, go watch Mel Brooks' High Anxiety. Now that's. Yes. Now that's comedy. Anyway, <laughs> well, uh, anything else to to say about this uh, middle one, guys? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go ahead and wrap things up then. Let's go to 
the third cartoon, which is called Wacko's Gizmo. Wacko's Gizmo was written by Peter Hastings and was directed by Rusty Mills and Dave Marshall. Uh, Kelly, what can you tell us about Wacko's Gizmo? It You really have to watch it yeah. to get it. I mean, I, I couldn't even begin to really describe it. But No, you have to describe every little thing that happens. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, like the first thing that came to mind when I was watching it was the opening scene of um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, yeah. Mm. And, you know, he does all this crazy stuff to, what is it, pour his cereal, I think? Or, yes, I think um, so. Mr. Yeah, T cereal. So, <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of that. Um, but he, he creates this, uh, I mean, Gizmo's too too light of a word for <laughs> what he I mean, it, I looked up, it, is that a Rube Goldberg device? Because it said it's an, an intricate device to do something simple, basically. Yeah, Rube Goldberg yeah. devices, I mean, they're usually not even necessarily, um, from what my knowledge offhand, is that Rube Goldberg uh, machines were done like almost like cartoons at first. Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't even necessarily meant to be real, right? It was just like, here's a funny thing that... You know, the mouse does this, and then this goes here, and then at the end, something simple happens. Isn't that funny? And so people yeah. would actually just, like, look at them, I, I'm assuming, in the newspaper, like a comic strip. Um, yeah. And, of course, now that we have YouTube and stuff like that, people actually do, like, making <laughs> making some of these things. Um, but, yeah, this is basically what this is all about. It's a Wacko is doing a Rube Goldberg machine. He just does, like, a little marble thing, and... and uh, goes through a bunch of things what happens yeah. and what happens at the end kelly <laughs> he um uh activates a whoopee cushion and he yeah. laughs hysterically <laughs> <laughs> um well that, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's funny that they started the episode off talking about rube goldberg and at the very end they actually do show a rube goldberg machine uh sort or at least a device right um mm-hmm. That's know. why I said it's a Rube Goldbergian episode. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> it, it tied it all together somehow. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? Well, I really don't really to say about this other than was there any particular parts of the machine that you thought were particularly funny? I like well, the, the Ferris wheel. What was uh, oh, the, the Ferris wheel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nathan, what about you? Uh, the, the best part was uh, Doctor Scratch and Snap. He had the best. Uh, <laughs> part of the because <laughs> luckily his airbags deployed yeah which then... is not a good thing <laughs> yeah right don't worry <laughs> which that is like that, that's a sign of a more serious accident i believe isn't it oh another day another dollar i'm all right the airbag deployed Yes. Yeah. Oh, the airbag deployed. Okay, this is good. Wait, no, that means you have to contact the police and. and Yeah, I was in a car accident one time, and I I must have blacked out for a second. I don't. I didn't hear the crash. I don't remember it or anything. The first thing I was aware of, my nose hurt. Oh. And I was like, "Why is my nose hurt?" And then it kind of all sort of, you know, came in. You know, uh, uh, I, I I guess I just kind of started piecing things together and. I realized my airbag had deployed and hit me in the face. Oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness. So, um, <laughs> and maybe that's what 
knocked me out or something. I mean, like, I, I just have no memory of anything up until, ow, my nose hurts. <sighs> well, it's nice to see Dr. Scratch and Stiff is such an optimist about all that. That was that was probably my highlight as well. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. he was so negative about, like, the job. He's like, another day, another dollar. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. I have no idea about our, he's a he's a complicated uh, person. What can I say? Well, yeah. really, I think it comes down to just my guess is Rob Paulson just kind of making up some stuff because when you see it's like there's no animation of Rob, you know, of Doctor Scratch and Sniff's lips or anything like that. So if mm-hmm. I were to hazard a guess, I would say they probably said to Rob Paulson like, "Here, just watch him go and say, you know, Doctor Scratch and Sniff should say something right here." So he said, "Yeah, that. I'm guessing they added it in post, yeah. just so like, yeah. But, yeah." I liked Ralph's lines too, of just like, "Oh no, it's the thing!" Like when he <laughs> the sees thing. the thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, ah, it's one of those things. <laughs> yeah, the thing. That's another good. Yeah. So for the little dialogue that there was in this episode, it was good dialogue. <laughs> I guess we could mm-hmm. say that, right? Um, yeah. But other than that, I mean, I, I I do remember this cartoon. I remember it being funny. And, I, and like you were saying, Kelly, I, I liked these kinds of machines when I was a kid. I would try to do them myself. I remember seeing Pee-wee's Big Adventure and, and thinking, oh, I'm going to do that. I wanted a house like B- Pee-wee Herman. Yeah. <laughs> I, I So that was like one of my goals in life was like, one day I'm going to have a bike and it's going to be just like that. And I would try to trick out my bike with some of the things that peewee's bike had on it and i would always fail miserably but i remember like taping with uh, probably masking tape or maybe even scotch tape like my parents portable radio and and then i I did all this stuff so yeah peewee herman (laughs) peewee herman's lifestyle i wish i could have done that oh well (laughs) well any other last moments in this uh last cartoon to to think about discuss I mean, there's Buster Bunnies in a oh, fish yeah. tank, I guess, right? That's right. Buster um, Bunnies, a, a quick reference in it. Oh, and Weed Memlo, the the director that they had mentioned before, is I think there's a picture of him up on the wall uh, that mm. interacts with the thing. So, yeah, Weed Memlo, who is a, their fictional director of some of their cartoons in the past, is is actually shown in this pic in this uh, cartoon. So, yeah, they had they had some little stuff. Nice to always see Buster Bunny uh in in these things he pops up every now and then as a stuffed animal kind of like how in yeah. futurama they'll show like a bart simpson doll or something like that and, <laughs> and stuff because so uh the animaniacs is real and tiny tunes is fake so. right yeah <laughs> at least that's what the futurama excuse was yeah exactly <laughs> and then they did a crossover so then it made it yeah and then it went out the door that whole thing but whatever well, let's go ahead and get to the last part right here, which is a very quick segment. It's a good idea, bad idea. It's time for another good idea, bad idea. And in this good idea, bad idea, the good idea is visiting the circus, which that's up for debate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the bad idea is having the circus visit you. And, of course, Mr. poor Mr. Skullhead has elephants and various things coming into his house and just ruining his carpet. And it's ter- it's a bad idea. Bad idea. People. Yeah, I wasn't sure that was his idea for the circus to visit him. but uh, <laughs> Yeah, because they just kind of busted down the door, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but maybe maybe, he, maybe he, he tried to make a reservation or something and they misinterpreted mm. the reservation for the circus and they went to him. <laughs> I don't know. 
I have seen the circus, like when they, you know, when the circus quote unquote comes to town, which now it, I don't, it's, this thing never happens because Barnum and Bailey is, you know, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey are, they're toast. But I do remember working downtown when the circus did come to town a few years ago. And all of a sudden I'm just like, I'm just in the front office and I'm just type, type, typing. And all of a sudden I see something walk by and I'm like, what was that? It was an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> and then another <laughs> elephant walks by and I'm saying, what the heck is going on? I, I poke out my, my head out the door and they, they, I guess one of the traditions that they would do would be when they get into the town, they do kind of like the, the walk of the elephants or something like that to have them. I don't know why they would do it. Like a, more of a promotional <laughs> thing. If anything, I'm sure they said it was an excuse. So the elephants would get exercise, but whatever. I saw elephants walking down the street. It was a very weird thing. It was almost like Mr. Skullhead, except they didn't come into my office. So <laughs> I don't really know what else to say about this good idea, bad idea, but what do you guys think? On the scale of good idea, bad ideas, what do you think? Uh, what, yeah, it was okay. Yeah. It wasn't good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was an okay idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let's go ahead and get straight on over then to our water tower rating. So what do you guys think? Out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give today's episode? Kelly, let's start with you. I think I'll give it three water towers. Um, there wasn't anything to stand out about the episode, um, but it, it had some great bits and... Um, you know, it looks like a lot of work and detail went into the dance sequence and the, the gizmo and everything. And so I um I really appreciated how much imagination the uh the episode had. All right. And Nathan, what about you? I'm gonna give it three and a half water towers. Um I did like both the first and the last segment quite a bit, but the read and run fell flat and had nothing to do with Rupert Goldberg. So <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll give it, I was going to give it three, but I will give it three and a half based solely upon the fact that they brought up history and they, they connected it. And, uh, quite frankly, I learned about World War II from those propaganda, uh, cartoons as a kid. Like I learned just about daily life through watching some of those cartoons as a kid. So I appreciate the fact that they were doing that because, um, heck, maybe they're, maybe those, some of those kids back in the nineties, uh, that might have been their first introduction to concepts and information about uh, World War II, and that's all good. Well, with then that me. means they're doing something wrong because your first introduction should have been Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's true. Thank you. We have to learn <laughs> about it through there. We got to go uh, Raiders and uh, in Last Crusade. Let's get let's get that for our make you know mandatory World War II uh, information. <laughs> Nazis. I hate these guys. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get on over to our poll results from last week. So last week we asked everybody, what's your favorite appearance of baby Plucky in Animaniacs? And, well, it wasn't really that close. Uh, the choices were Garden the Garden, Survey Ladies, Video Review, and Le Baton et la Balloon. And... Coming in last place was Video Review. Tied for second place was Garden the Garden and Le Baton et la Balloon. And coming in with 61% of the vote was Survey Ladies. And that was our winner. 
Um, what do you guys think? What is your favorite baby plucky appearance? Nathan, what do you think? Um, I, I voted for Le Boutons and Le Balloon because I really <laughs> like the way he uh, spoke French. Yeah. Um, Kelly, what about you? That was the one I liked too, um, mm-hmm. primarily for the same reason. It was just, it was cute and, um, but a little different than when we normally see Plucky. So it was just a nice little add to the episode. Yeah. You, you, I totally, we, I am in total agreement with you guys. I think that is the cutest uh, appearance. I mean, it, baby Plucky's already cute. And then you, you make him speak French. I mean, give me a break, people. <laughs> it's just too cute. <laughs> Plucky, you spoke French. well let's go ahead and get on over to our poll for this week nathan what do we got oh boy okay so uh favorite rita and runt episode segment thingy going on (laughs) round three (laughs) fight you gotta write all that out on twitter so yeah okay yeah good luck with that for me all right whatever (laughs) uh so uh the first one was kiki's kitten which is when uh, Rita becomes a pet to a giant gorilla named Kiki. And then there's Icebreakers, where uh, Rita is trapped in Alaska with Runt, and they find Ross Perot. And then this was today's episode of Up a Tree, where Rita gets stuck in a tree. So not great episodes for Rita, it seems. <laughs> yeah, Rita's really... she's It's rough ones for her. Let me tell you. Yeah. Okay. So, which of those is your favorite, ladies and gentlemen? Head on over to twitter.com slash Animaniacast, or go to just simply search on Twitter for hashtag poll. You can make your voice heard. Well, before we wrap things up, I'm going to do a quick, uh, some listener feedback. We're actually kind of, yeah, listener feedback. Uh, (laughs) So, our piece of listener feedback for this week says, Hi guys, I'm trying to track down a little Animaniacs artifact, and I was hoping you could help me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I could not help her. This is from <laughs> this is from Joanna. She says, "Do you recall a marathon on Kids WB called the Animaniacs Attack? It was a very it was very special because it contained bumpers of the Warners commenting MST3K style on their own cartoons." And Yakko had some segments where he sang the names of the Animaniacs fans who wrote into Kids WB. I recorded it on VHS, but in the years since, the tapes got destroyed before I got around to digitizing them. I've been scouring the internet for these bumps without much luck. As fellow hardcore Animaniacs fans, I was hoping you might know of a lead. Any help would be much appreciated. So... This sounded a little bit familiar, but only because I've been looking at some of the old bumpers on YouTube recently of uh, that stuff on Kids WB, where like you know, send in your name and Yakko will will say it. But does any of this sound familiar to you two at all? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. So that's. But we're gonna go out to the audience, ladies and gentlemen. If you know what the heck Joanna's talking about right here. <laughs> or, more importantly, where you can find it possibly online because right, it's got to be out there somewhere, right? Right? Maybe? Maybe not. But maybe you have it somewhere, like on a VHS copy, and you just, maybe you can digitize it. Who knows? Anyway, let us know. <laughs> Send us an email, animaniacast at retrozap.com, and uh, let's uh, let's help each other out. Let's help Joanna out, and... Uh, there you go. 
And uh, there are lots of other ways to get in contact with us as well. You can contact us on Facebook and on Twitter, on Instagram and all that. And uh, where can we get in contact with uh, you two, uh, Kelly? You can email me, kelly at bigshinyrobot.com or find me on Twitter, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, Yoda Princess. <laughs> and Nathan, what about you? Go on Twitter, folks. I'm DjangoFT. That's me. All right. And like I said, you can uh, email us. You can send us a tweet. You can go to Facebook. There's lots of different ways to get in contact with us. And, of course, you can also subscribe to our feed of shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or simply head on over to Animanicast.com, where you will see a full archive of all of our shows on RetroZap. And speaking of RetroZap.com, you should head over there for a full list of different uh, articles and podcasts and videos and all that stuff. And tons of podcasts, in fact, including uh, Argcast, Beltway Banthas, Brews and Blasters, Classic Marvel Star Wars Comics, The Deuce Cast Movie Show, Cast, Kanata's Castle, The Sandcrawler, Skywalking Through Neverland, Starship Sabres and Scoundrels, Talking Apes TV, Techno Retro Dads, The Trade Federation, and We Know Nothing... That's just not me just saying about us. I'm talking about the podcast, We Know Nothing. (laughs) Um, If you're a Game of Thrones fan, which I am got to jump on that train of Game of Thrones one of these days. I I just got to do that. Anyway. (laughs) Well, that pretty much does it for us. So, for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying goodnight, everybody. Good night. Goodbye. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. You should see how he brushes his teeth.